mission colon impossible hyphen dead reckoning part one. No hyphen. No hyphen. You said there was you a hyphen. You said there was a hyphen. You gave us the hyphen, and now you're taking it away. Oh, yeah, you're right. Just so Jables. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Just So Jables film podcast with me, slightly radio sounding Jables. Me, not radio sounding at all, our kid. And me, pompous sounding producer Ben. Always pompous. You do sound pompous, actually. Yeah, yeah. I go into a weird mode. You do. With the microphone. Yeah, it's a bit like when you're driving. It's a mode. What? what? It's a mode. Oh, okay. Then driving mode. What? Oh, right. oh God, did you see the offence taken? You're a pompous taken? driver. You're a pompous Is that what you driver. took from that? Is this about that time that you thought you were going to die on the M6? It could be. It was you a could. good one. Yeah, yeah. It was. Ben! 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I knew the car was there. I checked the blind spot. Anyway, yeah. welcome everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so here on the Just So James Film Podcast, apart from car reviews, we do <laughs> film reviews. You get our hot takes straight out of the cinema, unfiltered, as probably will come on this week too a little bit. We don't try and make ourselves look clever, as you no doubt find out whenever you listen to us. This week, we're going to be watching... Mission, colon impossible, dead reckoning, part one. You missed the hyphen, but... Yeah. There's a hyphen as well. There is. It's a weird name, isn't it? Good Lord. But the hyphen's before Dead Reckoning, not part one. That doesn't make sense. So yeah, it's Mission Colon Impossible Hyphen Dead Reckoning Part One. It should be Dead Reckoning Comma Part One. (laughs) Yeah, they should have done. Yeah. But well, before we got onto that though, last week we watched Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. And our kid, you're gonna tell us according to the internets and media how wrong or right we got it. Well, it seems to be quite mixed and I can't get a very good fix on what everybody thinks of it. I looked at some figures to start with. So the Google review average came out at 3.6 out of 5, which seemed quite generous to me. Mm. IMDb 6.9 out of 10. Rotten Tomatoes, the critic review was 69%. Audience review, 88%. And looking at some of the finances on a budget of somewhere between 250 to 300 million, not including advertising spend, it has made just shy of 248 million, with 60 million made on the opening weekend in the States, which apparently makes it a flop. So yeah. it, is, it does seem okay. to be being called a flop. Floppish. Yeah, floppish. Flop adjacent. Looking at some of the reviews, YouTube hasn't been particularly kind. There's kind of reviews that I look at, like Nadrotic, Critical Drink, and Midnight's Edge. They're being very negative about it, calling it a mess. Kind of saying what we said last week, how we didn't really like Helena very much, her character, mm. some of the CGI. They were kind of saying the same sort of things, but in less... Friendly terms, as we use. Robot Head, who's an Australian reviewer that I quite like, said, Indy's life in this film is horrible. If he got shot during one of the chase scenes while his goddaughter's lecturing him, it would have been a mercy killing. (laughs) Which (laughs) which made me laugh. I thought it was quite funny. Mark Kermode, he was relatively kind about it. Simon Mayo was not. So every time Kermode said something, Simon Mayo kind of went, really? And he did go on a little bit about how Toby Jones completely stole the show. We didn't. No, he didn't. And Simon Mayo called the last act depressingly preposterous, Mm. which I thought, yeah, he's probably got a better view on it than Kermode, really. Digital Spy said, 
it was too expensive to make and its appeal was greatly overestimated, which I think kind of went along with what you were saying, Ben. It was just too much budget thrown at it. So it, yeah. that's what turned it into a mess. And The Verge called it a ruminative remedial Indiana Jones history lesson, not trying to reinvent the formula, but makes you think about what it really means to obsess over the past. So it seems really mixed. Some people are trying to say very positive things about it. You saw it for a second time. What did you think the second time around? Interestingly, I messaged you that, that night, didn't I? And I had a lot more positive feelings towards it there was more people in the cinema on the tuesday night which was random you know i was with a couple of mates mike and barney hi mike hi barney and mike really liked it he loved it he thought it was great he likes it you know but he's a very much casual film you know last time he went Mm. to the cinema he can't remember and doesn't watch films all the time so but he likes indiana jones so he was just like yeah no i liked it it was good fun Barney was kind of enjoyed it as well. I didn't suddenly have this massive, this is amazing and positive, but I had far less bad feeling towards it. They'll tell you. I had a little snooze. Like, right. I watched the, the, like the first scene, definitely stands up. I'd say that again and again. I love that bit. And then after that, I had a little bit of a snooze a couple of times, but just kind of like snooze through the bits that were a little bit dull. And uh, woke up again, but I was actually, I just didn't, I just went with it a bit more and I didn't care so much. I, I slipped through the whole of the diving scene, oh, <laughs> like the whole thing. Yeah. So it was weird, but I know it's, it's not a ringing endorsement, but it didn't leave bad taste in my mouth. It may have come across like that last week. I still say it was disappointing. I still stand by the things we said. It could have been a lot better. And I I don't like the end. It doesn't stack up. But they didn't seem to mind it as much. I just found it interesting. And and like I said, and I didn't hate it as much. And I kind of thought, I probably would watch it again. I'm never going to look to watch it. But for some reason, if I decided I wanted to do the whole five films, I don't have this kind of like terror of watching it. I think I need to get through Crystal Skull. I think I said last week, I stand by that as well. I think... Crystal Skull was slightly better put together, but it's not as good. On reflection again, I'm like, no, I did prefer this more to that. I didn't have that kind of like feeling of, I don't ever want to watch that film again. I don't need to see that again. I just thought, yeah, it's fine. There's a couple of nice touches, but still not great. Maybe it's just that you prefer watching films when we're not there. Yeah, maybe, Ben. Who's the company? I mean, I think you're probably right. Maybe you should see if Barney and Mike are up for a podcast. (laughs) Do you want me to? (laughs) Maybe you should. I will. will. (laughs) Move on to Tuesday nights with Barney and Mike. So, yeah, didn't didn't love it. Just kind of like, just sort of like, yeah, just a bit more positive, really. I guess if people want to get in touch and tell us what they think, see how far we're off, how would they do that, Ben? Well, you can get us on the socials at Just So Jables. You can email us. Hello at justsojables.com. Check out the website, justsojables.com. That's about it. Uh, and if you listen to us on Spotify, leave us a five-star rating, a review if you like. So that's enough Indiana Jones talk. What are you on about this week, man? Uh, Indiana Jones and the Crystal School, <laughs> which we re-watched a couple of days ago um, really? just to see if it was as bad as we remembered. And I think, long story short, I don't have to go on about this because we've talked about it before. You kind of summed it up. The first half is okay. And then it just falls apart. For me, I've realised what it is because then, after that, we watched Last Crusade again just to get a bit of an antidote. Yeah. And that still stands up as a really good, fun film. And I think I know mostly what the problem is. It is the budget thing that they throw too much at it and they forget about the nuance and the quirkiness and the story. And they try to do too much. And it's the CGI as well. So when you're doing with like 
I don't know, car chases and things and, and people driving close to the edge of cliffs and things like that. It's so obviously fake yeah. mm. that it just completely lifts you out of it. They're like, I don't care because I know they're not going to die anyway. And it's all just made up. And you can see even the expressions on their faces. It's like they're cartoon characters, but they look like real people. But it's like yeah. they're just puppets sitting in a vehicle mm. moving around. And that I think that's what the problem is for me. Yeah. There's yeah. something to be said for like CGI in that regard. Like, if you were making that film in the 80s... Like, obviously, there's a lot of rotoscoping, isn't it? I think they call it, like, the CGI effects and stuff like that in that. But there's a lot of practical as well. You know, like, whole tank scene. So you think of the inventiveness. They're creating mechanisms to be able to do that because, you know, they're limited by the effects they can do. They have to make a lot of physical stuff. And because of that, there must be a lot... So much problem-solving and, you know, ingenious development. Whereas they can say, well, we'll just... You know, with CGI, well, we'll just put a cliff there. Yeah, we'll have some waterfalls. Yeah, yeah. and it's yeah. just like... We won't have one, we'll have three. Yeah, and it doesn't feel, like, inventive no, or good. Yeah. It just feels it like it's chucked in. It doesn't there's, feel genuine. There's some really dodgy effects in the in Last Crusade as well. Planes I'm going talking over. about even, like, the models and stuff like that. Yeah. Bit, yeah. I really hate the bit with the tank, but the tank's oh, yeah. a tiny yeah. tank. Yeah. 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 Tiny tank on the, on the top just falls mm. off and there's a blank yeah. bit underneath. Yeah. But you don't care about that no. because you've just watched this awesome... 10-minute fight scene over the tank, in the tank, bits of, bits of stories involved in those yeah. bits as well. The stories going like the whole, Henry, Marcus. Yeah. You know, that <laughs> stuff is all going on at the yeah. same time. They're still yeah. telling the story and developing the stuff. And yeah, with the, like you say, with the fight scene on top of a Jeep, there's nothing else going on apart from just a bit of crapness. Mm. Yeah. But the thing I like the most about The Last Crusade is the development of the characters. The the bit with Indy and his dad and mm. how that develops mm. is lovely. And you don't get anything like that in the later film. Yeah, you get you get Marion and Mark, but you don't have the same development. You don't really care what happens between them. No. Whereas in The Last Crusade... You know, the stuff with Marcus, that whole he'll blend in. And then yeah, it's, yeah. does anyone here speak English? Yeah, yeah. Those the are the Greek. best bits. Yeah. And, and they're just peppered all the way through that film. And it's lovely. You don't have anything like that much fun no. with the later films. No, no I'd say totally with you on that, Ben. Hmm. Yeah. So there you go. The only other thing I'm on about is just a gentle reminder for people listening about Retro Reels, which we, is we... coming up. Rip, rip, Retro Reels coming at you. <laughs> Kingsling Corn Exchange. Saturday, the 29th of July, 7.30pm. Jaws, Dude. book now or else. Or else you'll miss it. Bit like on the ass by a shark. Yeah. Anyway, that's me. Jables, what are you on about? Well, talking about Indiana Jones. No, no, I'm, I'm, yeah, we'll obviously, I watched Indiana one. Jones. Not doing that again. The only other thing I watched at the weekend was actually quite good. I quite enjoyed it. was a film called Days of the Bagnold Summer. It was a Channel 4 and it was made for TV and it was something that Catherine spotted and, and wanted to watch. And it's just quite good fun. It's it's hard to say what the story was. Basically, it's a teenager who ends up getting stuck with his mum over the summer holidays instead of being away in America where he's supposed to, where he was all intended to be. He's a moody, metalhead teenager. She's a librarian. It's based on a graphic novel, apparently, which I was going to look into. But it's set in England. It was very much like how the two of them react together. There's obviously backstory, but you don't, you know, it's not all like spoon-fed to you. The story develops in the background and bits and pieces of the characters develop as you go along. It was just quite a fun thing to watch. It was very much how teenagers talk to adults and vice versa mm. nowadays. There was a lot of power between like 
Catherine and the kids. Was she which, like cringing? <laughs> cringing, but laughing as well yeah. because it's very similar. Just like and their interactions, and it's very well done. You know, it was and it was quite good, but it was quite good fun as well, and quite a bit silly in places, but quite liked it. And you know, it it, it was yeah, it turned out to be. Just an easy cut. It's only 80 minutes long. So, you know, if, if you see it on Channel 4, give it a look. Not going to change your world. But, yeah, it was just quite a good... Who's in it? Um, Anyone we know? Monica Doolan. There's people you'd know. Monica Doolan. I don't know. Oh, yeah. She was in the Lock Henry Black Mirror, wasn't she, Monica Dolan? Oh, was she the mother? Oh, right, yeah. yeah. Ah. And she's in some Poirot. She's in The yeah. Change on Channel 4 at the moment. Yeah. We were saying, actually, yeah, the other day, in, with what I'll come on day. to talk about, yeah. she seems to be popping up in quite a yeah. lot at the moment, which is yeah. cool. This is from 2019, so, yeah, it's a, it's a few years old. It's also got Alice Lowe's, uh, there's a cameo by, you know, Alice Lowe's a sister, and Rob Ryden's in it yeah. as, as like, uh, an other character. There's a couple of people that you'd, you'd recognise, a few little people pop up. Cool. But, yeah, if just, just give it a look, watch, you know. Like I said, it's not going to change your world. That's that's all I've seen. Ooh. There you go. What about you then, our kid? Well, I've got a few things to just touch on, really. We went on our cinema club oh. coach trip to Southwold on Saturday. Okay. And we went to the Electric Picture Palace there and we watched Empire of Light. Okay. Which was quite a good film to watch in that sort of yeah. environment because it's obviously very yeah. much about the love a of cinema. cinema film. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that yeah. kind of thing. I won't dwell on it because you mm. have already done a review of Empire of Light, but we enjoyed it, didn't we? It's uh, the, yeah, yeah, more or less. Yeah. yeah, the human drama like dragged out a bit and it just wouldn't end. But for the most part, particularly the scenes in the cinema, we enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And Monica Dolan pops up, doesn't she, as a social worker? Only very briefly, but yeah, she oh, was yeah, in yeah. that. We also... On Friday night, watched episode eight of Deadlock. So that's concluded okay. now. So that's all on Amazon Prime. Should I watch it all? I think so. Okay, yeah, I'll we enjoyed it. Probably if you follow your premise of always watching three episodes or something before you give up, yeah. I think I think you would get okay. into it. It's a little bit over the top in places. And the last episode is no exception. The conclusion is quite OTT. But it was fun and we yeah. enjoyed it. And we really hope there's a... I say we. I definitely really hope it's a series too. I think Ben does. Yeah, too. yeah, it's quite quirky, quite good fun. Yeah, a bit different. The other thing I watched that's now on iPlayer is the third series of Nora from Queens. Oh, okay, Still I don't know watched if you've that. watched that. No. I've been waiting for that to come on iPlayer for a while, and it finally has. That's just if you like Aquafina being weird and funny. Yeah, which with I do. her TV family, then you'll really enjoy it. Yeah, cool. yeah. Well, on to this week then. Mm. Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning, Part 1. Who's going to tell us what to expect in the upcoming presentation? Me. Spirograph. The Spirograph. Okay, so Mission, colon, impossible, hyphen, Dead Reckoning, Part 1. No hyphen. No hyphen. You said there was a hyphen. You said there was a hyphen. You gave us the hyphen, and now you're taking it away. Oh, yeah, you're right. There is a hyphen. Did you you put hyphen after Dead Reckoning? Before Dead Reckoning. Oh, sorry, yeah, you're right. Okay. Well, I'm glad that's cleared up. Let's scribble that, then. (laughs) Okay, I can give you a bit of info about this film. So this is the seventh instalment of the Mission Impossible film franchise, starring Tom Cruise as Ethan Hunt, who saves the world repeatedly, I guess. Directed by Christopher McQuarrie, who also did the previous two Mission Impossible Mm -hmm. films, and I think he did The Mummy, the one with Tom Cruise in as well. So this is the seventh instalment. I can't believe these started in 1996. Yeah. It's crazy. So we're coming up on like 30 years of, Tom Cruise saving the world. Uh, it also stars Hayley Atwell as, I think, a new character, Grace, who is, sounds like she's going to be a kind of 
quirky sort of sidekicky sort of character to Tom Cruise's character maybe maybe reluctant sidekick and then repeating characters Ving Ving Rhames as Luther Stickle Simon Pegg as Benji Dunn I guess he's like the guy in the chair kind of thing is he yeah although from the trailer it looks like he does a bit of action a bit of running around he does yeah Rebecca Ferguson as Ilsa Faust also in this we've got Ezzy Morales, who I think is probably the baddie in this, but I'm not too sure. So he might be a terrorist or something in this one. And also Carrie Elwes as some kind of director of something. So I don't know too much about it. I I did just watch the trailer earlier. I'm none the wiser to the plot. It just seems to be Mission Impossibly things happening and people jumping around and fighting and having quirky car chases through Italian streets and Fiat 500s and whatever the things you have to put into action films these days are. Budget up around 290 million. I guess we're going to see where they've spent this because I think there's going to be some major stunts in this. Mm. I think there's a big train stunt of some kind coming up mm. in this. And there was a bit of controversy over it and they had to film it somewhere else from where they originally planned. Yeah, so that, that's what I know about it. That's a bit of info for you. What do we think? What do I think? I am a fan of the Mission Impossible films. I don't think they are all great. I think there's some misses along the way, but there's usually something, even in the bad ones, that's good in those films and I like about them. I think the last three of the films, four, five and six, start to really actually ramp up into what the Mission Impossible films are now, which are very action-based, very set-piecey. You have a a big stunt that Tom Cruise has done and probably got injured in and that will come up in the marketing quite a lot. But I don't necessarily have a problem with that. What's interesting in some of those films that it kind of washes away in, in what's actually a good film sometimes. I really like the last one. I've seen it a couple of times now. It's is that the very, one with Henry Cavill? Yeah, it is, yeah. It's long. This is quite long as well. It's two hours so, 43. So, And it's part one. And I don't doubt in any way, shape or form that part two is probably going to be three hours. But so, I don't necessarily have a problem because... The last film, it ticks along pretty quick. Yeah, there's things that you could cut out of it, but I think it does a lot to honour the characters. You know, there's still a lot of, you know, let's face it, it's a spy film. There's only so much double-crossing, triple-crossing, returning characters, bits and pieces that can happen in the films, and I still think it does it well. You still have the old odd-faced reveal of, you know, you've, which Mission Impossible films have you seen? Have you seen them all? Seen I them think all. I've seen them all, but they do blend into one. Yeah, absolutely. They, and they so. can, absolutely. Mm. But, you know, the whole face reveals that you had back in the original film, I think they ramp that up to like 11 in the second film, don't they? Everyone's pulling their face off and revealing who they are. But <laughs> yeah. Stick me in the face-off machine. Yeah, what seems to happen now is they hold it back and actually make... It's quite good when things happen because you almost forget about it because they haven't done it every five minutes. So, yeah, the action's usually on point. I like Tom Cruise. I'm not one of the Mm. Tom Cruise haters. I think he's great. You can't really question his attitude when it comes to filmmaking and star appeal. He certainly gets involved and gets stuck in and I think he brings brings the best out of people or maybe forces the best out of people, maybe. I'm looking forward to it. I don't know anything about the film. As you say, Ben, you're spot on. You watch the trailer. You still don't know what's happened. You've seen a lot of stuff going on. Haven't got a clue what's going on. And you know what? I'm quite glad because I don't want to know. I'm happy to go along. I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes. It seems in other films, they've kind of like highlighted who... The baddie was. I don't know anything about him in this one or or them. It's often been like a, a conglomerate or a syndicate yeah. or 
maybe it's gone too far. I don't know. It could this is this the one that you look at and go, ah, oh, is it? Are they still doing it? Is it going to be too much? Is it going to be drawing on the same things? I'm I'm hoping it's all going to be new because they, you know, there's a lot of the same key what's the tropes there's a lot of the same tropes that keep coming up in these in these films there's only so much they can do i'm mm. you know I'm, I'm intrigued i'm looking forward to it i'm actually quite excited to watch it if i'm honest so yeah what about you our kid well i am traditionally indifferent to the mission impossible films i don't mind them but i don't get excited about them But I watched the trailer for this one earlier on today and it had a different kind of vibe to it. It seemed quite almost sad. It had a kind of reflective feel to it. The music, just the way people were talking. There weren't any quippy sillinesses like you get in a lot of them. It seemed quite reflective. It it seems like it's going to be quite personal to Ethan Hunt Mm. more so than just chasing the latest supervillain. Which I don't know. I do I like that? I don't know. The jury's out. I can't quite decide. Well, you get a bit of that at the end of the last film as well, yeah. don't you? When he goes back to the But I can't, yeah. I don't know if that remember. was the last film or a few films before. <laughs> I've never seen them at the cinema. I've only seen them on streaming, so I don't really have a good mm. sense of the order of them other than the first two are quite different to the later yeah. ones, aren't they? I like Tom Cruise since The Mummy. We've warmed quite a lot to Tom Cruise, haven't we? Yeah. So, so you are the only people in the world that have said that sentence out loud. Yeah, to I know. Home. Weirdly, we, I mean, Love we kind movie. of we know how silly it it's is. Hilarious. But we do enjoy. We nearly watched it over the weekend, yeah. actually, didn't we? But we just stopped <laughs> short. So yeah, like Tom Cruise, I really like Haley Atwell. She yeah. was Agent Carter, and I had a lot of time for that series and her, albeit small role in the Marvel films. I like Carrie Elwes if that's how you say his name. I get confused about that. Because he was Despero in Psych, so I'll always have a lot of time for him. And Vanessa Kirby, who is a villain in it. I think she was a villain in the last one, but I like her. She was in Hobson Shaw, wasn't she? And she was one of the few things I really liked about Hobson Shaw. And I like Rebecca Ferguson. And so I, Ding Rains, I like pretty much everyone in it. So... If they sort of maintain all the good stuff that they do, which I'm sure they will, then I think I will like this film. Yes, it looks very big visually, and like you said about a big train thing, I saw a little bit of that in the trailer, so it looks like it'll be good. But yeah, it just feels like it's not going to be too frivolous, it's going to be quite contained, quite reflective, and yeah, I think that could be good. So yeah, looking forward to it more than I probably would be generally a Mission Impossible film. Ben? As usual, the length is slightly off-putting for me. It's long, and we're getting into, like, Fast X territory here because it's a part one, and they've made it obvious it's a part one, but what does that mean Mm. in this context? Are we going to get a full story? (laughs) Or is it just going to fall off a cliff? Yeah, or is it going to do a Fast X? Is it just going to end suddenly in a weird scene that makes no sense? But at least in this, they're, they're calling it a part one, so you won't hate it as much if it does it. I think I think they're very True. much going to be Empire Strikes Back in this. Okay. So yeah, so I think that, that that's what I hope that I that there's actually a good story that runs through this that it's not just a bunch of like the set pieces with the action stuff and huge stunts with CGI laced across it. Obviously we're going to get some of that, but I hope that's not all we're going to get. I hope we're going to get some story as well and I hope they're going to tie it off nicely at the end and set up something for part 2. Yeah, all the points you've said in recent years, I've warmed Tom Cruise, so I'm looking forward to seeing him back in. I can't believe he's been saving the world for nearly 30 years. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty good tenure. 
must have built up a good pension by now. But uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm kind of cautiously optimistic, I would okay. say. So lots of hope is the yeah. uh, thing. Well, let's hop off. Doesn't even make sense. Let's get over to the Majestic then. <laughs> let's go. You're on fire tonight, Jables. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Hi, everybody. We're back. Having just watched Mission Colon Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Well done. Mr. Hyphen. But, Mr. Hyphen. Yeah, sorry. So, our kid, you're going to tell us all about the film. Yes, I think it's going to be quite tricky to synopsize because I found it quite long and quite convoluted. But I will do my best. Okay. And if I spoil anything, please jump in. So, we start off on a Russian submarine and find out that there are two parts of a device that have huge security implications. Mm -hmm. These end up, end up being separated, and Ethan and the team go on the hunt for some of it. Hayley Atwell's Grace ends up joining the team. She's a bit ambiguous and is probably in over her head. You're looking thoughtful there. I'm thinking, You're really yeah. waiting for me to spoil it, aren't you? There are lots of European cities. There's a Da Vinci Code-style puzzle to solve. There's a villain from Ethan's past who answers questions with a question very slowly without moving his face. There's also a ludicrous car chase that borders on fast that I think Ben will probably want to talk about. There's some inept agents chasing them. There's some villains chasing them. There's a thing with a train. There's some stuff that happens. All hell breaks loose, as we say, several times and in several different locations. I thank you. There we go. There we go. Thanks for I listening. felt like a tone there for some reason. I don't quite know why. No, not really. I was just finding it really hard to try and synopsize because so much happened. It was quite hard to just put it okay. into one yeah. succinct and, kind and, of And yet, happened. very little happens. But we'll come on to that in a minute. <laughs> Jables. Okay, well, it was definitely a Mission Impossible film. And I would definitely put it up there as one of the good ones. I really enjoyed it. I thought there is a lot to like about this film. There's a lot that doesn't necessarily stack up if you were like going to break everything down in the story and uh, try and analyse every piece of information that's basically pushed at you a lot of the time. It doesn't make sense. But I think in this case, a bit like when you're watching a James Bond film, it isn't actually necessarily that important a lot of the time. You're not really watching it just for that. As long as it makes some semblance of narrative sense with what you're watching and pushes you down the right path I kind of think it's all right and I think it's more than just like an action flick moving from set piece to set piece but that is certainly a big part of it there is actually quite a lot in the characters in this film there's some good depth in there I'm not saying groundbreaking but I think there's some nice thought to the characters to the you know actually seems like some genuine heart in there and I think a lot of that is because I would say Tom Cruise is really good in it if there's someone who understands the assignment of this film and around it, I think it's definitely him. And he's kind of like spot on with what he does. There's characters around that which are used well. Again, I don't think, you know, everything lands. Like you said about the Da Vinci Code type puzzle. It was a puzzle box thing. I don't think that landed that much. I get what they were trying to do. I didn't like it that much. But it served as a part of the story. Uh, so yeah, things I liked about it, I, it kept sticking out to me. I really liked the music in the film. Most of the time it was on, there was only a couple of bits when there was some some running. There was, obviously, there's lots of running because it's Tom Cruise Mission Impossible film. So there's there's a lot of running involved. I think if I'm 60, 61, is he 60 or 61? Might be 61 mm -hmm. now. If I can run, sprint like that, even for... And I know he's not doing that all in one go. <laughs> but if I can do that like from here to the end of this room, I'd, I'd be quite happy. 
Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But well uh, done, Tom. Yeah, but in terms, I just really liked the classical, the orchestral, even when it, when it shifts to like the obligatory nightclub mm. scene. Really liked the tunes, and actually, it sound it just sounded kind of like good and involving. There was a lot to it a lot of the time. You guys, what's your overall feeling? I thought it was really enjoyable. I'll caveat that with it doesn't make a lot of sense. It's a very long film. It's part one, and I think what I said before going into it, I hope they have a good thread of story running through it and it doesn't end in a slightly awkward way. I think they mostly pulled that off. Um, I think it's clear that there are two parts to the mission. That said, for the length of the film, and I'll probably always say this about a film unless it's June or something like that, (laughs) it could have been a bit shorter, I think. There's a device of some kind and there's a key to the the device, I Mm -hmm. think it's fair to say, without giving too, too much away. And part one of the mission revolves around the key rather yeah. than the device. There's there's a little bit of repetition, I would say. Oh, yeah. There's yeah. a bit of, ha-ha, I've got the key. Oh, no, no, you haven't because I've got the key yeah. and all that kind of stuff, which is fine because it's a Mission Impossible film and that's yeah. the kind of thing that happens. So I get the fans. Is there a big fan base for Mission Impossible films? Probably there is yeah. and they probably love that kind well, of stuff. It was very busy in the cinema, wasn't it? Busiest we've seen it for a long time, I think. While I was watching it, though, I kept kind of forgetting... Not that I was watching a Mission Impossible film, but I wasn't... I was concentrating about the key when they were talking about the key, but a bit like them, there was times when I kind of forgot when you think someone's got it and you kind of forget because something else is happening and then it pops up in another place. I was like, oh, yeah, I didn't think, didn't think that was happening at that point. Even though, like you say, there's a lot of jumping and bits and pieces, so it could kind of have been anywhere at certain points. I was trying to remember what it reminded me of. Is it like um, the one with the magicians... Oh, now yeah, now me. you see me. A bit see like, me. Yeah. yeah, a little bit like that in places. Yeah. And I quite like that film, so yeah. it's yeah, fine. Yeah, I do. Yeah. The key itself, I thought I, I had to sort of have a wry smile. It kind of looks like something you get out of a Happy Meal. Yeah. <laughs> which I kind of liked. They didn't labour it. I was like, yeah, it's a key. I mean, yeah. it just kind of looks like a plastic yeah. key. The it happens a, to have lights on it. Like with a lot of these films, the key's a bit of a MacGuffin, isn't yeah. it? It's not, you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's the device that drives the story forward. It, it didn't have to have been a key to two parts. It could have been two halves of a credit card, do you know what I mean, mm. that you put, put together. It's yeah. quite funny two, like that. Two halves of a code, it doesn't yeah, really matter, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I mean, in, in general, it's kind of a thumbs up from me. I don't think you would ever go into a Mission Impossible film thinking it was going to change your life and be the most thought-provoking deep interesting film in the world and it, and it wasn't i think it did what it needed to do yeah it was very long it could have been slightly shorter for me but um, that's not necessarily a big criticism uh kid any thoughts mm. well i obviously didn't enjoy it as much as you two no, did no. I, I think it just wasn't for me it kind of washed over me really and i got quite bored quite quickly i quite enjoyed the opener with the submarine and i was thinking oh this looks good this is interesting because there were kind of ai implications and things that were a bit bigger than just the usual global threat stuff yeah but then it moved on to a scene where there were people talking there was mark gattis was there yeah. and Kerry elwis and yeah. i found myself realizing that i was taken by the cadence of them talking and i had no idea what they were oh, they saying, saying it was kind of like watching a samuel beckett play it was just like there were things happening and you didn't really know what they were it was buzzwords but you, then the way that, that scene ended was good yeah, yeah. you know so it went from being quite mm, i don't know what's really happening to oh that's fun and fresh 
So I did find myself very occasionally kind of going, oh, I like that. That was good. Yeah. And some of the humour, the bits at the beginning with Simon Pegg and some of the things he was saying, you know, it got a lot of laughs, didn't yeah. it, in, in, mm. in there. And then a bit later on, we, we were talking about it on the way back from the cinema. There's, there's a bit where it's almost like the build-up to a big scene that's going to happen. And, and in most action films, you just see the end result. You see yeah, yeah. someone being where they need to be, but yeah. you're seeing the build-up and there's this conversation between Tom Cruise and Simon Pegg that's kind of like, yeah. what do you mean I've got to do this? Yeah, and yeah, and yeah. how on earth am I going to do that? And where is yeah. it now? And I've enjoyed those little little bits of it. I liked it because it's more, that's a bit of a flip to what you see because a lot of the time it's Ethan saying, you've got to do this, you've got to do that, you've got to do this. And then that was kind of flipped on its head with, yeah, you got it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I quite like, yeah, I like that as well. Hmm. Yeah. I think as well what you were saying, Jables, about Tom Cruise gets what this film needs to be. And with this, it is overblown and ridiculous, but mm. also somehow believable. And I think yeah, that's it's... what he brings to it. It's like, he's not Superman. No. He's not indestructible. You can tell, like, when you watch the film, you can yeah. tell he's not as young as he used to be. And, like, the fight sequences, okay, they are choreographed, etc. Yeah. But they're not so overblown. Because I hate those yeah. overblown fight scenes. I just switch off because it's like, well, people would be exhausted by this point. And it didn't cross labor that it. line. It didn't labour yeah. it. It's not, you know, there clearly isn't John Wick. It's not the same mm. kind of choreography fight script bit. You know, it's not... It's not pushed to that same level, and, and you know I'm glad. I'm glad it's not. It shouldn't be, like you say. It's 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 a bit more grounded in. Yeah, I didn't really this. enjoy the fight scenes. I, quite, I thought they were a bit predictable. I quite liked the fight when they're in that really narrow corridor. I, yeah. I quite Did enjoyed you? that when it was very yeah. tight and claustrophobic, and they're struggling to kind of move, and it and it just felt right in that sort of situation. I thought that worked well. There's there's other bits like that. I, I like you. There's a bit of a fight on the train. You see it in the trailer. I didn't think much of that. It felt like generic fight on a train, you know, where sometimes you just go, you know, why don't you just push them? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, a bit like that. But, and why you know, are you not rugby tackling? You know, you, you're chatting. They, they spend a few minutes <laughs> yeah. chatting. No one's thinking yeah. about where's the key, where's this, you know, link yeah. to possible global annihilation. Yeah. Oh, no, let's just have a chat about how you're feeling. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So no, I, I I liked I liked the other characters as well. Not so much the baddie. I think he was yeah. fine because they set him up like he's you know he's a, from Ethan's past. He's like evil. He's like an evil person who's kind of like a conduit for the bigger bad. Let's say. And I almost would have preferred him to be more of a kind of like a weedy evil villain type thing, more in his words than in it. Mm. But he had a physicality and a, a fighting mm. presence as well. And I kind of like, I almost want it to, to be one or the other. A bit like if what I, I had in my mind, like a, an evil preacher, that yeah. kind of thing. And he mm. felt like he was a bit like that, but he still, you know, got the muscles to back it up a bit, though. Yeah, I, I thought he was a bit of a charisma bypass, really. Yeah. I, yeah. Di I didn't think he had much going on at all. And I would, I think that you can play that kind of slightly aloof, smug's not quite the right word, yeah. but, you know, just, just that kind of faux stoic yeah. thing. That can be done well. I'm thinking yeah. of, like... Mr. World in American Gods or someone like that yeah. who's a bit slippery and you know there's much, much more going yeah. on. With him, he was just a bit... A little bit no all and the little... Happened yeah. tick yeah. kind of thing. I liked Grace. I thought Grace's character was good. Yeah, too. I, yeah. I, I, and I even liked that, you know, it was even like in the last 20 minutes of the film when he's like, 
you got to trust me. Do you trust me? And she's like, shakes her head. No. So like, yeah. no, no. Yeah. I like this, not just that automatic kind she of She was like, like a real person. Yeah, wasn't it was. She? It yeah. was. And a lot, you know, a lot of the things she was doing. I like, and I like Ilsa, isn't it? Like, I, I like her character. I liked her return. Yeah. It felt genuine when, you know, just, in the, I liked the little bit when they're on the rooftop in Venice and they just start talking and then it just feels kind of like they've got the connection. You kind of believed that, like, they had a past. Mm. So I quite, yeah. you know, I liked that. <clears throat> Face-off stuff was funny. That got a couple of laughs, yeah, didn't it? Yeah, it did. Yeah. It wasn't laboured, but... No, the first one particularly got a big laugh, didn't it? That yeah. was yeah. funny. Yeah. And then the one on the train was... Different. Yeah. I liked the way the, the comedy of that was played yeah, yeah. a little bit as well. Yeah. Because yeah. you didn't quite know which... To start with, you didn't know which one no, no. was which. Yeah, and it yeah. gave yeah. a little bit of depth to the first character. Yeah. Not to give too too many spoilers away. Because the way she behaves, you actually assume... <laughs> yes. Yeah. Almost because of the ridiculousness of it. Yeah. I guess things I didn't, not that I didn't like, but like we said, the, the story, it was fine. It was kind of, let's say it's it's on point for today's world and what people are thinking about at the minute. Mm-hmm. I think me and Ben could probably sit here and talk about software and source code and have a conversation about that, what they're going to be using to destroy, let's say, the, the big bad overall is because of source code. You just kind of go, well... Why didn't you just spin up another VM somewhere? Spin up a virtual machine where things are running. <laughs> but that's the whole geeky part that I'm sure you'll probably want to yeah. cut out. No cutsies. <laughs> no cutsies. No takesy backsies. No you backsies. <laughs> set pieces. What did you think about like the set pieces? What like like the bit on the train? Well, like the example. bit on the train. There's an obvious bit which is kind of annoying that it's it's the let's face it, it's the Tom's Cruise stunt that's in all the marketing stuff that you you may have seen like the. Like the behind-the-scenes footage is very clear in the thing of even jumping off a cliff. But as you said, it was a good build-up to that. It was kind of played from like you know what's coming ten minutes beforehand, but it still kind of worked. I liked you know what where it was going. It looked good. A little bit CGI in 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 mm, places. Touch. There was a couple of touches during a car chase. But I really liked the car chase. I thought it was really good. It was farcical, though. I mean, it oh, was yeah, played that yeah. way. It was played that yeah, way, wasn't it? It yeah. went on a little bit. I did. Yeah, mm-hmm. I kind of I liked yeah. it. What, what I did like about it is it felt really, even though there were CGI parts, it felt really physical. There were proper smashes. Almost like at the start when Grace first gets in the car and starts driving away and starts like hitting into things. Like and it's just like you you got a physicality when there's is it a hum it wasn't a Humvee was it it was but it was a was it a Humvee I'm not I don't sure know what that was it was like an it was like of, an armored car yeah that whacking into things loud noise and big bashing and I thought that felt more physical than watching the car chase in Fast, Fast X. X do you know what I mean it felt like yeah, you know, I and I think that's a lot of that is because. Not, we talk about the music. I think the sound design of the whole film was good. I yeah. liked the train parts. Even though it's CGI, and you know it's CGI, it still actually felt quite physical in places, which I enjoyed. Mm. I liked the scale of some of that. Said about the submarine, just the, the look of those bits, like the sets and bits, so everything kind of felt grounded and quite real, and I mm. quite liked that. Even to the point of I like the you said I like the Russians talking because they weren't like really really Russian talking. <laughs> yeah. They had a hint of a of an accent and it felt like actually how you'd expect people military people on a submarine would react and talk. Felt like that. And Not as good as Hunter Killer though. Obviously <laughs> <Yeah>. not. <laughs> but yeah. So tell us about the car chase, Ben. 
Yeah, the car chase is, like you say, it it's kind of feels, it's got elements of realism to it that you don't expect in films these days. Like even in things like Bond films, for example. Mm. Running, like over, the, running over mopeds. Yeah, point of reference for good car chases. They're always grounded in realism. And as soon as you break, like you talk about the technicalities of films, like yeah. does the physics work and things like that. And CGI often either glosses over that deliberately or by accident i'm not sure but sometimes you can tell when it doesn't work and in this film it mostly does it's like 95 percent there and they've added humor so if you think back to i don't know some of the roger moore bonds i I was thinking that it felt a bit yeah yeah and it's like it's him and grace in the car in a ridiculous situation so the first thing the car is ridiculous which you also get in roger moore bonds yeah so you think you like your 2cv here you've got a fiat 500 like topolino but it's got an electric motor yeah. Which makes it funny. And it, buttons without any names on, they, they just end up pressing and the and windscreen wipers. <laughs> it was dumb, but I like, yeah. Yeah, it was dumb. And it was like, and again, going back to like the Tom Cruise as a, as a believable action hero, as it were, he gets in the car and he's like, I wasn't expecting this. Um, I'm not actually sure how this works. And that also grounds it. Yeah. And then the farcical nature of it. So they're cuffed together with handcuffs. Yeah which has probably been used in a hundred films, that motif. And they play that quite well, because that could be quite annoying, Mm. that it could go into, like, klutzy farsiness too far and cross the line, but I don't think it did. And they even, they know that they're doing that, and they know you're thinking that, and they even say to you, we realise how ridiculous this is, because they make the car roll over yeah. a bit and then suddenly they're in opposite positions <laughs> and they're like, and they're like <laughs> I, I thought that what? was really good that was I funny did. I, I like that yeah. Yeah. yeah so it is a completely farcical but also believable car chase yeah. and it's quite funny and I, th- I thought it was quite good you said probably you thought it was a bit too long maybe I'd agree mm. with you. I think sometimes car chases in films these days are pushed a little bit far in terms of length but mm. other than that I like the way it ended again on a humorous note where he's like handcuffed <laughs> Yeah, 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 that was good, yeah. Yeah. In terms of length, for me, overall, that set pieces and the film overall, the pace of the film worked. I think there is a point, let's say a point on a bridge in Venice, where it felt like there was a natural end to part one at that point. And I felt it could have ended there. I still liked what came afterwards, don't get me wrong. There were still bits afterwards. But I thought up until that point, I was like, that was a great end point if you wanted it. And they moved past it. But overall, I genuinely, I could have done a double bill. I, you know, I could have sat and watched part two now. Yeah, easily. Because I I wasn't bored. Even though I, I, you know, I know the ridiculous of the bits, I still felt engaged and wanting to know what was going to be happening. I wanted to see how the characters were going to progress. I was see, wanted to see what was going to happen with the story, despite me knowing it's going to be ridiculous. I'm waiting for the heist scene now. Because you never really got the heist scene in this, did you? Even though you had on a train with, with face swaps and bits and pieces, you didn't get the dangling from the ceiling. Do you know what I mean? True. You didn't get the yep. under swimming underwater and <laughs> holding your breath for 16 <laughs> hours like Tom Cruise can do. So that's what I'm, I'm expecting that in the next part. They are quite formulaic in a lot of ways, the films. They just are. You have the initial setup. You have things going bad. You have chases. You have double cross. You have trying to rectify things and pulling things out of the bag just at the last minute. In some ways, like the action, the scale of the, like the, the end sequence wasn't as big as other films. It feels mm. like it's going to be a whole big thing. So I was still looking forward to that even when I got to the end of the film. 
I could have easily kept going. There was one part where me and you were like, huh? What? Which I hated. Yeah. And I'm just going to say it's like someone, someone jumping off a train. And I hate it when they do that perfectly timed. Mm. And it, it's annoying because it oh, doesn't yeah, make sense. Yeah, yeah. Because that's one of the, that's not how physics works. You can't, and they almost like played it off like, oh, they've told it the exact time to jump. No, you know, yeah. it's not. It would have been better if it had been just spotted as a quick opportunity and taken or, rather than planned. Or even like if it had diving into a bouncy castle, the setup, like a big, like, you know, mm. genuinely like a film set airbag thing that you yeah. use or something like that. Yeah. Not landing in the back of a truck. That was dumb. Mm. But hey ho, if that if that's my big that's probably my biggest criticism of the film. So that's, uh, you know, that's not the worst bit ever. I think the setup for part two was good. I think the funny bits were funny in the right place. I think the heartfelt bits were right in the right place. I, I genuinely had a good time with it. Final thoughts from you guys? Do you want to give us your rating, Ben? Yeah, I'll, I'll give you a rating. I need to give you a car moment as well in a moment. But I'll do your rating first. I'm going to give it an Alpha 159 out of Cars Out of Films. In that, it looks good. And there are some really nice details on it. But ultimately, it's just a car. As in, it's just a film. It's an action film. It's good enough. Jables, have you got a rating for I it? haven't got a rating, actually. No, I, I haven't either. I, I, I didn't even think of it. It's, and, and it's a bit like, because it doesn't feel complete to me yet, that's me sounding like I'm doing a cop-out, kind of like, you know, I'm, it felt like I'm ready to watch the next one. I didn't think of it because I'm still waiting for more. So, yeah, I just, I just think it's a good, solid... If you like... Mission Impossible films, and as we said, there's lots of people out there. You're gonna like this film. So, do we know when the second part is? It's a year, isn't it? Scheduled. Yeah, 2024, okay. but yeah. I don't know when. You got. So you haven't got a rating. I haven't. Yeah. No, it was fine. Car moment, Ben. Car moment has to be the little yellow Fiat 500 yeah. spinning donuts. Yeah. But not deliberately. So obviously, if you go into a Fast and Furious movie or any kind of car movie like that, the donuts are very deliberate and they're designed to show you how amazing the car is and how yeah. great the driver is and all that kind of stuff. In this one, it's the farcical element, but it's done really well. Yeah. It's like, well, we're spinning donuts, but we're not quite sure yeah. why and we're not sure how to get out of the situation. And you, you, Tom Cruise is like, we need to go, we need to go. And it's like, but I'm just driving. And Yeah. yeah. You can almost imagine the M or like, not the M, like, the Q kind of character who thought, thought it'd be a great idea to put a massive electric engine in a tiny little car yeah. <laughs> without realising that exactly this stuff would have happened. What I'm obviously hoping now is, and it's not going to happen, yeah. but I really hope that Fiat are watching this and they produce a very limited run special edition Mission Impossible electric Fiat 500 with ridiculous amount of power. Yeah. And that would be amazing. Because <laughs> Fiat have got a bit of a thing at the minute. They're trying to be a little bit different and quirky again. So, you know, we've had, I'm going off on marketing tangent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Welcome yeah, to marketing but... podcast. So a lot, you know, a lot of car manufacturers are doing quite dull cars and a lot of gray cars. And you can even buy yeah. cars that look like they haven't been painted because they're just gray. Fiat don't do gray cars anymore. That's the thing. You cannot oh, really? buy a gray Fiat. Okay. So they're all colorful. So I hope they're watching that film and they're like, I've got a brilliant idea for a special edition Halo project. We're going to do this. And obviously not with a 1960s, 70s Fiat 500. Yeah. With a new one. And I think that would be cool. So, two thumbs up from me. A middle-ish thumb from Ben. And no, well, a thumb up from yeah, Ben. One, one and, a, thumb up. and a kind of sideways <laughs> yeah, thumb from you, Arcade, I'd say. thumb from me. Yeah, an indifferent thumb. Well, it's nice it's not the middle finger. That's yeah, yeah. something. Yeah, yeah. it's true. So, trailers. We got some new trailers in this yeah, film. finally. Arcade? I can only remember Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer. There was one before there Oppenheimer. Was. But there was, I which looked rather really special. Remember. I think it was called Gran Turismo. It was yeah. called Gran Turismo. 
I've which... no idea where that's come from. I saw the trailer for this about probably about two months ago. It looks very random. It does. It looks really bad. It does look bad, but I leant over to Ben and went, yeah, I'll come and watch yeah, it Yeah, I know. You. I, and he I, went, yeah, cool. I'm, I'm looking forward to this. I thought you probably would. I don't. I genuinely don't know where how, how that's going to go. But it says, like, based on a true story. I don't know if it's actually, you know. In reality, there have been people that have crossed over from esports racing to real racing and actually done a really good job of it. I don't know if there's ever a Gran Turismo tournament. I don't know. I'll have to look into it, to yeah. be perfectly honest. It's come right out of left field, but I am quite, I'm secretly looking forward to yeah. it. Yeah. So, yeah. And Oppenheimer, as you said. Mm. Yeah. What did we think of the Oppenheimer trailer? I think I've seen most of it before. There were a few yeah. extra little bits in it. You see Emily Blunt now. Yeah. Briefly. Briefly, what, in the car yeah, one? Yeah, in the car. But that was new. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to mm. it. I think people are going on and on about it a little bit too much. I think we need to just wait and see yeah. what it's like. I'm a bit tired of the build-up. There was yeah. someone the other day saying it's actually a horror film. Yeah. It seems to I be a fashion well. for calling mm. non-horror films horror films. Like, you remember that yeah. blonde film with Anna Darmas as Marilyn Monroe? Oh, Everyone yeah. was like, it's, it's a horror film, and it's like... No, no, just stop it. It's just a, yeah. it's just a biopic. Get yeah. over yourself. Yeah. It might have horrific connotations to it, but it doesn't make a, a horror film. No, exactly. Yeah, we, I don't know a huge amount about all that stuff. What was Oppenheimer like as a person? I, and I don't know. It's interesting they've chose to, chosen to focus on him as a person. Yeah. Is it a documentary? What, what would biopic. you call it? Biopic. Yeah. I got a feeling that it was going to, you know, they had that black and white courtroom type bit at the yeah. end. Is this going to be, is that going to be the, the setting of it? Maybe. Yeah, and then it maybe. reflects back. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe yeah. they'll play around with time a little bit. And be really? In a, in a Christopher Nolan film? Yeah. I'm kind of looking forward to this, but I'm slightly worried that it's going to be mawkish and overworked. Mm. could easily become you know you see what it's about in the trailer but i still don't know the direction of the film if that makes sense i don't know how it's going to go I, I'm, I'm interested to see how much is it going to be about character how much is it going to be about visual you know how much of it is going to be about the set piece the time so i'm still like interested to see like looking forward to it though we will have a tough tough choice that weekend won't we or that week because mm. then it come out the same day as barbie we'll have to choose which one we do first i suppose well, talking about what we're going to be in the mood for, what's on next week, Ben? Talking about that, I think we might struggle a bit because we're waiting for Barbie and we're waiting for Oppenheimer. All right, then. Well, on that... Cheerful note. Yeah. Let's uh, move on to next week. Just hit skip and you can listen to next week's episode now. <laughs> yeah. So if someone, people want to get in touch on the, on the socials, tell us what we should be watching or what they thought of Mission Impossible. How do they do that, our kid? They can get us on Facebook, Instagram... And Twitter. Ben, how else can they do it? They can email us, hello at justsojables.com. Is there a website for that, Ben? There is. Yes, there is. I believe it's justsojables.com. There's also Spotify as well. There is. Yeah, and Apple Podcasts and all those lovely things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. But there's links on all the socials to find us. Just So Jables is... (laughs) I was going to do an advert. (laughs) Right then, let's get out of here. Let's go. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Just so Jables.